And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created in We are exploited. We are downtrodden. We are denied not only civil rights, but even human rights. So the only way we're going to get some of this oppression and exploitation away from us or aside from us is come together against the common enemy. I don't want you to protest, I don't want you to ride, I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crying in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being, God damn it! My life has value! We'll get together, have a few laughs. Welcome to Iowa Talk Guys Podcast. I'm your host, TP. And I'm your host, Theo. And today, we are bringing you a special here that was a fan request. It took me a while to put it together, but finally got it together. Shout out to Nate. Nate Dog. Shout out is, to Nate. And this is a... This is certainly uh, your work as well. Yes. I'm going to comment on your work. I just want to establish that. I put this together, yes. So, But I stand behind your work. Oh, thanks, man. That's what you do as a team. That's what we're doing here. That's what, yeah, that's why we're co hosts, right? That's right. All right. Well, we're just hosts. Yeah. And we wouldn't be here without you people listening, so we appreciate that. That's the biggest deal. But this is a show today about our woke military. And the talk guys would like to ask the question Is the U.S. military too woke to wage war? at this point in history of August 2023? That's a very interesting question. Um, yeah, I, I mean, as far as the woke subject, <laughs> I'd like, I, I want to I hear the what you have to say. weakening of our military. Right. We're too broke. We know that. Well, We've yeah, talked about that for a long time. But, <laughs> but that's no, it's no big deal, apparently, because and, we can print money for Ukraine. Yeah, right, right. No, so, that's not going to last But forever. that's not what tonight's show is about. Tonight's show, we're focusing on the military, some of the policies that were implemented, like kind of where it was, how it started, to where it's at now. Because, you know, a 20-year war was just waged and ended. Wars. Wars, yes. <laughs> and Iraq. Yeah, Operation Enduring Freedom and Operation Iraqi Freedom. Yeah. So. In our memories. Nowadays, though, the U.S. military, they're having a recruiting crisis. So we want to go through, I want to go through this and just, like I said, what we asked the question, is the U.S. military too woke to wage war? And so we'll go through what I feel are good points to uh, look at when trying to evaluate that question, trying to answer that question. Sure. All right. So a lot has been happening in the U.S. military. And uh, myself and many others have feared that U.S. military is focusing too much time, effort, and resources on ensuring that they have the most diverse, inclusive, and tolerant military in the world. But is this actually a good thing for our country and our service members, or does this weaken our military and expose our vulnerability and weak points to our enemies? 
whoever they may be this week on the international scale. And on this week's episode, the talk guys are going to dive into some of these issues that we feel are causing our military to become combat ineffective. Because I believe that they, they are becoming that way. I mean, I mean, it's not just this subject as well. It, it is among other things, too, right? Which, yeah, I'm going to address more than just the wokeness. Sure, of okay. course. And we've already talked about also, we got live confirmation on the one show about weapons of U.S. military stuff being sent over to Ukraine. Well, yeah, last year. Ending up down on the Mediterranean and yeah, but maybe, maybe even the... Oh, what was it? The the live... Oh, no. The weapons did not make it to Mexico from Ukraine. They just go over border. Yeah. It was that simple. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Just that simple. <laughs> so, all right. Getting into this. Uh, the... I, t- I kind of titled this The Beginning of Sorrows, but as many of our fans know, or I shouldn't say many, some of them know, whoever's been listening to this for a while... I, I served in the Marine Corps, TV. A- active duty in the United States Marine Corps from 2009 to 2012. And during this time, the Marine Corps was full of OEF and OIF veterans, right? Team leaders, squad leaders. I mean, unless you were a boot like me when I, you were joining in 2009, you most likely being, especially being in a combat MOS, you were... Men that went in. You mm-hmm. were trained by men that went into Iraq, went into Afghanistan, right? Went, you know... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So, and most of these veterans, they were, I mean, they were hard men. I can imagine, you know, forged by combat and, and all the bullshit that comes with it. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, and, and the Marine Corps was no joke at that time. I mean, yeah, we joked, we smoked and joked, but it was, uh, you know, these combat Marines needed to be disciplined and needed hard training in order to prepare them to face their enemies and effectively complete their tasks under extreme amounts of, stress so like pressure like arlie army said it was kind of just all about killing what makes the grass grow blood 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 what do we do for a living ladies kill 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 i can't hear you kill 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 bullshit i still can't hear you kill 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 yeah oh that's the marine's job yeah absolutely dude from day one and basic that's kill 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 that you know they start having you do that it's well and interesting enough the marine corps is one of the only branches that's not facing a recruiting crisis because it's always been volunteer force so the non-commissioned officers the ncos were hard on the marines in training and most of them just got back from deployments where they had watched their friends die or get blown up from ieds so there's there's no response in real life these Marines that just were on deployment and saw this stuff, they're like, we want to ensure that the Marines coming up behind us don't see this either. Like, or if they do see it, like, they know how to do their job, right? Yeah. And, and uh, perhaps some of them are young and thought it was all kind of a joke. And Yeah. They thought it was called a duty never, type shit. Yeah, I've never been to a place like you've explained Afghanistan is. Well, I mean, I've never been there either until then. But, yeah, I mean, anyways, that they were preparing us for a theater of war right and and being under war conditions not that we should have even been there at all but the point i'm getting at here is that you know every marine depended on the marine to the left or right of them to be able to do their job and use their best judgment in every situation and challenge they came across unfortunately yeah there were some there's turds that got through and stuff you know we've been fighting two bullshit wars for 
I can't remember which one it was, but some of the one of the celebrity special forces guys now, you know, that's on the podcast circuit or whatever, has said even turds get through mm-hmm. special forces. It happens sometimes, you know, as long as you his, get PT. His words, not mine. Yeah. yeah, they're too dumb for their bodies to know that they're hurting, you know, so they just keep pushing. <laughs> Anyways, the the point I'm getting at, like I said, they were training us. We were, we for a theater of war not saying we should have been there but it was a serious issue it wasn't a game you know people die people get maimed they get killed they get blown up like stuff happens and you have to be able to operate through that and you have to be able to rely on the people around you to do the same thing you know unfortunately in the real world in the civilian world you don't have that you there's plenty of jobs where you cannot you know who you can and can't rely on when you ask them to do a task. Yeah, when you're at work. When you're at work, right? Yeah. In the civilian world. You know, or you know, if I ask this individual to do this certain task, they're probably going to do 50% of it or 80, you know. Sure. But in the military, in a war zone, you need to be more than 80%. You need to be relying on when I ask this guy to do something, he's going to do it 100% every time. And it's a lot to ask, but it's doable especially when lives are on the line. Now, Obama, let me get, let's go through a brief timeline of Obama's war because, you know, he got the Nobel Peace Prize for peace for whatever reason. December 10th, 2009. Just 11 months on the job and he's now a Nobel laureate. In a ceremony at Oslo City Hall, President Barack Obama joined the exalted company of Nelson Mandela and Mother Teresa. I receive this honor with deep gratitude and great humility. He was cited for re-engaging America in global diplomacy, yet his Peace Prize came days after he ordered thousands more troops to war in Afghanistan. It was timing the president couldn't ignore. So I come here with an acute sense of the costs of armed conflict. I face the world as it is and cannot stand idle in the face of threats to the American people. Obama used his Nobel speech to say all nations must work to build peace. The president says he was as surprised as anyone by this award and understands the awkwardness of getting a peace prize in a time of war. His message here is he accepts it as a call to action and an honor he hopes one day to earn. Mark Smith, The Associated Press, Oslo. Even though him and Biden had so much blood on their hands from just this push and alone, not just not to mention all the drone bombings and shit throughout well, the world. Yeah, which yeah. horrific. September 18th, 2015, CBS News. The former director of the Norwegian Nobel Institute says he regrets awarding the Nobel Peace Prize to President Barack Obama in 2009. The decision was controversial at the time, with critics arguing Obama had done little to warrant the award. He writes in his new memoir that although the committee unanimously agreed to give Obama the award, his record in office since receiving the prize has shown the decision was a mistake. The committee was swayed by the argument that giving Obama the award would help him achieve his goals. In the book, he writes, no Nobel Peace Prize ever elicited more attention than the 2009 prize to Barack Obama. Even many of Obama's supporters believed that the prize was a mistake. In that sense, the committee did not achieve what it had hoped for. But let's be clear, just for clarity's sake and for honesty's sake here, that 
we do understand that Iraq and Afghanistan were initiated by Bush. March 19th, 2003. My fellow citizens, at this hour, American and coalition forces are in the early stages of military operations to disarm Iraq, to free its people, and to defend the world from grave danger. On my orders, coalition forces have begun striking selected targets of military importance to undermine Saddam Hussein's ability to wage war. These are opening stages of what will be a broad and concerted campaign. More than 35 countries are giving crucial support, from the use of naval and air bases, to help with intelligence and logistics, to the deployment of combat units. Every nation in this coalition has chosen to bear the duty and share the honor of serving in our common defense. Yes. Not Obama. Yeah, but Obama <laughs> won a Nobel Peace Prize. Right. And, and marched right on along, even though in both he, his campaigns and the election campaigns, he <laughs> said he was going to end the fucking war. Right. And and also he had the benefit of the media mm-hmm. carrying that that end the war flag for him the whole time, even though he and never then, did. And then they just didn't report on it nearly right. as much right, right? like it so, wasn't happening so even even they had the they they flew the damn it's over flag in iraq Dude. and then fought in fucking syria and N- which no was kidding. the same thing this is a real story there was a marine this is in 2012 right before i got out that uh we were training these this grunt unit that were coming through these marine infantrymen and he was telling me that how one of his Marines, that was a team leader, he was telling me how one of his Marines went UA un- unaccounted for, just took off, left left all of his shit on his, on his rack, on his bed in his room with his ID and just left. In Afghanistan? No, no, no. This is back in Camp Lejeune. Oh, in yeah? In the States. Yeah, just was like, bye. Oh, wow. Took off. No shit. And then they were like, holy shit, because every, every Marine jokes about that, about just leaving their gear and leaving their ID card and fucking dipping out, right? Like, it's just a joke. But this kid actually did it. And then he calls his team leader like two weeks later, and he was like, why are you calling me? He's like, I just want to apologize, this and that. And he's like, you don't have to apologize to me. He's like, you're in fucking deep shit, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But he goes, he's like, why did you take off? And the kid was like, well... If some 18-year-old kid, he's like, uh, we're getting ready to go to Afghanistan, and uh, I, I, I don't want to go to war. And he was like, then why did you join the infantry in the Marine Corps if you didn't want to go to war? Because that's all the infantry and Marine Corps did, does. And he was like, well, I didn't even know there was a war going on. Like I said, that was 2012. At that point, we'd been at war for 11 years. You know, 2001 was the invasion of Afghanistan. And it's like, holy shit. A kid didn't know the war was going on, huh? He didn't know that two wars were going on. We were still in Iraq at that point, too. And it's like, dude. What are you, fucking stupid? Yeah. That's just how dumbed down people were. Like you said, though, because Obama was in there, and he was like, let's just kind of sweep this under the rug. And this was right after. Special forces happy. He was incredibly special forces happy. Well. Let's shock him with these fucking dudes that are just. And so this is right (laughs) after, and this is part of my deployment. So in 2009, the Obama administration had the Marines do a large push through the southern region of Helmand Province in Afghanistan. This was dubbed Obama's War. You can go look at it. I think PBS made yeah, a documentary on it. Yeah, wasn't there that big front line documentary yeah. yep. on it? Yep. 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 Yes, sir. So 
in March 2009, Obama unveil, unveiled his plans for Afghanistan, aiming to defeat al-Qaeda terrorists there and in Pakistan with a bigger force and a new commander. Obama doubled the number of troops in Afghanistan to 68,000 with 30,000 additional troops being deployed to Afghanistan by the summer of 2010. There was a ma- ma- massive push. They wanted to, Obama wanted to, uh, that was his way of ending the war in Afghanistan, was to go in there and push all the Al-Qaeda Taliban in the terrorists south. out. Yeah, out of the south. Into Pakistan? Yeah, well, and also Helmand Province was the largest opium-producing mm. province So a bunch in of shit you don't even know. Yeah, so... It was land fought hard for. Yeah, and plus, let's not be naive that borders Pakistan, right? Yeah. And there's a hell of a relationship there. Yes. I mean, a lot of people are screaming that, uh, what's his, Khan, Inhar Khan, the prime minister of Pakistan, was ousted by the CIA. Yeah. Recently, yeah. Oh, okay. And so we're still fucking around over there. Weird. Well, you know, <laughs> now this is the time Obama also he was looking for he was looking for Osama bin Laden, remember? Because this is also his claim to fame. So the official story, and this happened, like I said, while we were there, after eluding capture for ten years with dialysis. Right. Yeah. Yeah. To I go added that get part the of the machine. Yeah. U.S. like at least every other day. Do like yeah digestive type function shit to mm-hmm. not die. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Right. So. U.S. intelligence finally located Osama bin Laden. They had found him living in a secure compound in Abbottabad. 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 <laughs> How do you say that fucking Abadabad. word? Abbottabad. Abbottabad. Pakistan. Bin Laden was killed by U.S. forces on May 2nd, 2011. And it's worth noting that as far back as 1999, this dude had to have dialysis, man. That's a known fact. Yeah. That's 12 years, at least, we know, that this dude had to have his guts rinsed. The former president of Pakistan, General Pervez Musharraf, said in January 2002, quote, I think now, frankly, he is dead, for the reason he is a patient, a kidney patient, General Musharraf told CNN. Contradicting U.S. intelligence officials, who say they do not know if bin Laden has suffered from kidney problems, Musharraf said he knew the al-Qaeda leader had taken two dialysis machines into Afghanistan. And he's fucking going from... And he was hiding in caves. The most rugged, rugged damn terrain. (laughs) I haven't been there. TP, you've been there? Yeah. Like I said, yeah, I am just... I've been up in the mountain area, but where apparently he was at, I know guys that have been, and they're like, yeah, this is crazy. From what cave to cave? That's something I have allegedly, often right? Asked. That's the official from story. cave to cave and then dialysis they, and machine. Then, and then we've said it on the show before, and I'll play the clip again. They dumped his ass in the ocean. The Indian Ocean said it was an Islamic uh, tradition. <laughs> it was. A, it was a, a joint decision. Uh, uh, we thought it was important uh, to think through ahead of time uh, how we would dis- dispose of the body if he were killed in the compound, and I think that. Uh, what we tried to do was consulting with uh, uh, experts in uh, Islamic uh, law and ritual uh, to find something that was appropriate, uh, that was uh, respectful of the body, and uh, I think we handled it appropriately. 
The Laurentian Abyss is seven miles below sea level, deepest place on our planet. The massive depth and pressure there, coupled with sub-freezing temperatures, would crush an entombment. They were honoring as long. No, it's like, what is he, fucking Megatron? He's going to come back? Like, we got to dump him in the Mariana Trench because he's the most evilest thing ever. That was after they put holes in his fucking face, allegedly, right? So, yeah. So, Obama killed yeah. Bin Laden. Obama killed Osama, right? Uh, they, after that happened, they started to do a troop drawdown. Now, I, I believe I came home May 15th of 2011. So in August of 2012, the Marine Corps announced a voluntary enlisted uh, early release program, the VERP, which I took full advantage of. No, I didn't. I didn't take full advantage of it. I just took a little bit of advantage of it. I got out three months early, so I should have been. I should have been getting out March nice. 2013. But well, why didn't Why didn't you want to serve the full three months and maybe even go longer? Because I wanted to start school <laughs> earlier, right? <laughs> so, so I got. I did. Uh, did you want to go back to Afghanistan? No. I mean, well, I was going to, but then my last, what was going to be my last deployment got kinked. My second deployment in Afghanistan got kinked. Really? Right before we were about to deploy, yeah. So I went back out to being a sapper instructor and then ended my shit. I was damned. If I wanted to re-enlist, or if I wanted to deploy again, I would have had to re-enlist. There was no way, and I was like, no, they pissed me off about some shit, so... I was like, bye. And I wanted to start school. So, like, I got out December 2012, and I started school January 2013. So, there you have it. Anyways, so during Obama's regime, many veterans were getting out of the military early, and a lot were being forced out. So, they also had, like, if you'd, if you'd been in for 12 years or whatever, and you weren't a certain rank, like, you'd been NJP knocked out or whatever, you couldn't reenlist. Like anybody that had any bad mark whatsoever, they might have been a squared away Marine, but they sometimes Marines get in trouble. You know, yeah. they do fucking dumb shit. So, oh, you're a troublemaker. So immediately they got out, and then Obama began to do a massive purge on military officers. <clears throat> like this was like branch wide. It was, um, well, military wide, really, right? Yeah, it wasn't just branch, branch wide. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry, military wide. You're right. And it was actually like career accomplished officers yeah. too, right? It Guys wasn't have been in all people that you time. just necessarily wanted to cut for capability reasons. Allegedly <laughs> at, at when I got out too, I heard that there was a litmus test going around to certain individuals that had yeah, been in thought it was a long time along ideological. Yeah. And, and depending lines. on how you, how you answered in that litmus test, depending on how long you'd be serving your military career. I don't know. But I know there's a lot of good Marines getting out, too, just because they're like, there was a bunch of bullshit coming down the pipeline when those Obama cuts were coming through. And they're just like, this is not a military I want to be a part of anymore. Like, Well, there's been other things as well that have raised an alarm that a lot of people didn't know, you know. Yeah. Beforehand. But I, well, I mean, like, yeah, the 29 Palms survey, right? Have we talked about that on the show? I, I think so. I don't think so. Bunch of Marines at Twenty Nine Palms, which is what a big like ar- an armor base out in the middle of the desert in Southern California. Yeah, there, yeah, there's a bunch of demo ranges. You, like if you pretty much all pre-deployment training goes out there. Oh, before we've talked, we've talked about this before long ago, way off it, off record. Oh, well, with with into a bunch of beers is what when, oh, okay. when it happened. But a, a bunch of Marines were surveyed at Twenty Nine Palms 
about disarming the American people. Oh, okay. And there was an overwhelming response. Yeah, door to door. Oh, yeah, we did talk about that. It was pretty disturbing and stupid fucking boots. You said something. Yeah, it was NCOs and whatnot would probably be the people that had a problem with it. Yeah. That's what you said. But Yeah, well, maybe not anymore. I don't know. Here's the other thing. So, like I said, Obama... Obama started to fire. He he fired more generals and admirals than any other presidential administration in U.S. history combined. And paved the ground work for Rachel to become an admiral. <laughs> we will get <laughs> we'll get into that later, bud. But yeah, no, for real, yeah. So uh, this is from a 2013 October 29th article on Investors.com titled "Obama's Military Coup Purges." 197 officers in five years i thought we talked about a coup recently was there a military coup in the united states no uh i mean there was an attempt almost smedley butler stuff but that's well, there was a niger there was a niger yeah anyways so from this article officers were relieved of duty by president obama for a laundry list of reasons and sometimes with no reason given at all some of the stated grounds for termination range from leaving blast doors on nukes open. Well, that's a good, sounds like a good reason. Duh. Clearly, it's the general's fucking fault because he's sitting at the control panel like in the movies. <laughs> All right. Uh, loss of confidence and commandability. That one, well, I can uh, understand. Well, yeah, but, but that's really, also just sort of like a catch-all, too. Right? Yes, yes, that's a catch-all. That's catch not all. like leaving a blast he door open. He didn't do what I told him to do. No, this general, under their watch, a blast door was left open. Boom. Yeah. Is that the general's fault for doing that? I don't know. No. No, but it's their I mean, somebody report. needs head needs to roll, but I don't really but, believe it should be. I mean, whatever. Loss of confidence and commandability just seems so subjective to me. Yeah. Like, I, well, I don't like this motherfucker. Exactly. So get him out. Uh, here's, here's one that I like mishandling of funds. Whoa. I'm glad you're holding the fucking military accountable for that. Cause you're not doing it anywhere else <laughs> yeah. in the fucking government. <laughs> I think it's really cool that some officers get their asses handed to them or NCOs and, and, uh, no, but well, not these the, were, these were like generals, not the fucking that. accounting people at the Pentagon that lose <laughs> trillions of dollars. Yeah. They don't, nobody goes to jail for that. There's probably some sort of officer that just takes the fucking loss and boom q rumsfeld's fucking september 10th 2001 donald rumsfeld according to some estimates we cannot track 2.3 trillion dollars in transactions everybody the 10th remember of september the 10th of september <laughs> remember remember the 10th of september glad you're giving me this one first all right also another reason they were let go I'll just say that inappropriate relationships. Hmm. Kind of like Bill Clinton get his dick sucked. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Kind of like shit that happens everywhere where men and women work in mass. Um, inappropriate relationships. Well, I remember one of those things was like, oh, some of the men under their command were having sex with hookers. So you're done. Or reportees. Uh, Haven't we always heard about this? That's what happens yeah. a lot of the time when men and women work together. Or another one, inappropriate behavior. That was another reason to be let go. So that was a catch-all. Mm-hmm. Gambling with counterfeit chips. Pretty dangerous. Low morale in troops commanded. Yeah. It's an interesting one. 
I could see that that's probably more a direct, their immediate direct command yeah. causing that morale, you know, <laughs> to be lowered. Not the higher ups doing that, but I mean, so it's just a laundry list of reasons. 197 in five years. That's quite a bit. Generals, generals fired. Generals and admirals, yeah, and high ranking officers, yeah. So. Obama but, called that my military. He yeah, used but to say. weren't there just like a, there were just a handful right after World War II, right after the Second World War, just a handful of generals. Well, at right? this point, there was a bunch of them because of and I, well, no, that's what I mean. Like over the decades, geez, yeah, let's get as many of our thinkers as we can. Yeah, these are all on our West level. Point Ivy League boys, right? They're so, so much smarter than well, everybody I'm else. Sure there was a lot of them that were that were fucking patriots, and they got fired. Right, they're done. So Obama called that my military, and it was being cleansed of any officer suspected of disloyalty or disagreement with the administration on matters of policy or force structure. That sounds like some Soviet shit, right? That sounds like just ideological fucking. Yeah, or <sighs> you know, for whatever else, evil thin-skinned crybaby ass didn't like about you. He would fire you, leaving only the compliant and fearful guys that are yeah, afraid of the fucking. ones that didn't want to go to the gulag. Oh, I have a nice house in Virginia or Maryland. I have or, a family. I'm just doing my job. And uh, we're going to live here. But I some think. of those fearful, you know what? Maybe later on in life, they grew a backbone once they got higher ranks and stuff. They just played the game for the moment being, you know, it doesn't seem like right now those ones survive. Well, these yeah so the the ones that did survive uh have been in control and they've been playing ball for a long time now yeah which is scary to think because this has even progressed since since we're talking right now right and uh i'm sure there are still some good officers have gotten into the military but that doesn't seem to have uh been doing much help honestly So uh, they either have to follow orders or when they don't or if they call out the higher ranks or they don't follow orders, they get fired, right? Or, if, all they, or if they call out senior leadership on yeah. social media like uh, Lieutenant Colonel Stu Scheller. Right. I was just going to say that. We all remember what happened to U.S. <laughs> Marine Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller. August 26, 2021. I have been fighting for 17 years. I am willing to throw it all away to say to my senior leaders... I demand accountability. October 14th, 2021. A local Marine pleads guilty to six charges during a court-martial hearing today. Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller of Anderson Township was jailed after he publicly criticized the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. WCPO 9 News reporter Whitney Miller breaks down what the UC grad is pleading guilty to. Before a judge, he would plead guilty to six charges in a court-martial hearing. Among the six charges, Schiller pled guilty to disrespect toward superior commissioned officers, contempt towards officials, and dereliction of the performance of duties. Yeah, right. he was like a Marsoc guy too, right? Like a he had some good special forces. I mean, he had all that. Surprised he wasn't completely indoctrinated. Well, he probably had seen a couple men lose their lives. Oh yeah. And maybe it had some sort of effect on his conscience. 
Maybe, uh, yeah. That's a crazy thought. That is weird, right? That that would happen. Strange. So, Obama purged the military of any leader that wouldn't play his silly reindeer games, essentially, right? Then Trump became president. And I don't believe that he really damaged the military as much as Obama had. But according to this article from NPR, Trump and the military, what an erratic commander-in-chief leaves behind. January 4, 2021. That's basically what the left believes, how Trump, what he did with the military. He vowed to bring endless wars, quote-unquote, to a close. How yeah. Could, how could I he mean, dare? He did set up a plan he? to end it with the Taliban that Biden fucked up royally. He said he just followed the plan. Yeah. That involved another... Took them what? Like, few men took them like and women losing their lives. Eight hours or something to respond to. Yeah. And, that, and they even found out that... I only came down because I had chocolate, chocolate chip. Oh, no, no that was a like school shooting. Chocolate yeah. chicken chip. Scream, baby. And they even found out that something was going to happen right. where, where they were. They had the intel knowing that, yeah, something was going to happen. Yeah. But in this article, there's a few things I want to highlight. It said Trump was constantly undermining civilian military relations around the bounds of what is acceptable behavior says peter fever yeah it's gotta be fever a duke university professor who focuses on those relations quote this combined with the fact that he has a tin ear for all things in the civil military domain means that trump did lots of damage to this crucial pillar of the republic unquote I really don't think he did much damage to the military. If, if all, I mean, he there was more funding. Yeah, uh, how, how much funding, more did he damage he, the military? He tried bringing back. I mean, he created the Space Force, which is kind of silly. Yeah. Has like eighty six hundred troops think, right now, which I think is going to play into the uh, fake alien invasion. That's just my personal You're opinion. It? Yeah, but that's not this type. That's not this episode. So yeah, if anything, he got more funding for the military. He was able to add more stuff to it. I think he was the one that passed getting the Abrams updated, right? For what? Tank on tank battles. Like up armoring it, making our men mm-hmm. safer. Okay. Yeah. Men and so women safer. They can survive more tank battles and the tank will survive too, mostly, right? Anyways, but to its credit says Bowman, a defense analyst at the Foundation of Defense of Democracies, the Trump administration explicitly shifted the Pentagon's focus to great power competition, meaning China and Russia no longer making anti-terrorism efforts a priority. Endgame stuff. Yeah, that came through a national defense strategy crafted by Trump's first defense secretary, General James Mad Dog Mattis. A Marine. Yes. He's got Psalms in the Marine Corps. Proverbs, right? Proverbs that Marines say that came from Mattis. Really? Oh, yeah. Just a killing. Well, just stuff like uh, be polite, be professional, have a plan to kill everyone you meet. No greater friend, no worse enemy. Shit like that. Well, that's impressive. So Mattis came up with ideas to long-term defense department wise yeah they're probably going to be come up, defeat china and russia yes he saw the future allegedly what was going on unless 
You know, but he's a career guy. He yeah, survived Obama's shit. I know, but right? he like, been in. Mattis landed a helicopter in Baghdad and like around the right in the invasion and shit. Like the guy, he he he's been in the military for a long time and he retired out of the Marine Corps. And yeah, Trump had him as the defense secretary for a little while. Before. Right. I mean, it was barely a while before he resigned. Right. I'm just saying that's to preemptively come up with a strategy against Russia and China. Yeah. Is pretty for that to be like the first thing you do. That's hawkish. Well, one thing I wanted to point out from this NPR article was that in one breath, it says that Trump damaged the military and the other breath. It said that uh, according to Mackenzie Engel of the American enterprise Institute says the three-year, quote, Trump bump, unquote, defense increase were, quote, significant and helpful, particularly to restoring readiness, unquote. So I, I believe Trump really wanted to fix the issues created by the Obama administration, but he also created some more issues, especially given the times. And perhaps didn't give respect to the level of ideologues that were left in certain places. Perhaps didn't take into account how strong that is. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he did piss off a bunch of people in 2017 when he when he banned uh, transgenders from joining the military. Because Obama did the don't ask. He repealed the don't ask, don't tell. Right. Which really wasn't, I don't think, that big of a deal. Do you remember how big of a win that was for the, 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 Trump, the Trump guys? <laughs> transgenders out. Oh, yeah. Were they all super excited? The yeah, Proud Boys. I mean, I mean, yeah. Well, my only problem with that is, is that if you're confused about who you are, how can I really trust you? I guess with my life, like that, that's kind of confusing to me. Sure. You know, but the other thing is, I don't agree with our taxpaying dollars used for surgery for you to. That's have. a whole other subject, and that's it's like we're uh, no. We don't just uh, cut parts of your body off because you think that they need to be. I mean, but if you're an adult. It's not something that a surgeon, responsible surgeon can do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you're an adult, then do whatever you want, I, I guess, whatever. But I just. I mean, yeah. I don't think I should have to pay for it personally. And, yeah. But I don't think I should have to pay for a lot of bullshit the government pays for. So yeah. there's, there's a lot that. of it. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like I said, at, at least when you're gay, I know where you stand. Like, I have plenty of gay friends. I don't care. So, Trump was never really, uh, he was never able to keep policies in place that he thought he would ha that would help. Unfortunately, the next commander-in-chief must have decided that the best way to combat other superpowers was to eliminate them with drag shows and pronouns. <laughs> and uh, by January 2021, Biden had overturned Trump's transgender ban. And we at Iowa Talk Guys don't care if you're trans or a tree. We just wanted to bring this issue up because people see that as a reason as to why the military is getting less recruits. But the Biden admin has plans for these trans troops, and we will discuss that later on in the show. Once Biden was elected, he continued to destroy the U.S. military, picking up where Obama left off. A townhall.com article from June 20. 9th 2022 with the headline Americans don't want to serve in Biden's woke military states 
every branch of the military in the U.S. is struggling to recruit members under the Biden Pentagon due to the Biden administration going to great lengths to implement wokeness across the military, giving up meritocracy for a radical leftist social agenda. The Pentagon is scrabbling to meet its fiscal year 2022 recruitment goals. Wow, that's it's be, it, because of the transgender issue. I don't necessarily know if it's because of the transgender issue. I think it's more they the woke ideology. Well, it's the woke ideology, and it's 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 sending a poor message to U.S. citizens. They're not focusing on fighting wars. They're focusing on being diverse, on being anti-racist, which is good. Yeah, but. We've also seen the negative effects of our military focused on fighting foreign wars. <laughs> I mean, it, let's just call a spade a spade, right? Well, yeah. There's the other thing. Like I said, when I was in, yeah, there were some racist jokes that were made on all sides. Everybody, I mean, I don't know how many times I was called, especially when I screwed up. I told people I grew up on a pig farm, so I don't know how many people call me a <laughs> redneck pig fucking white trash piece of shit, right? From Iowa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I mean... I bet you were called that. Oh, and yeah. Damn. There's a whole hell of a lot worse things to be called. Right. Yeah, exactly. Shit. But I was like, whatever, Where the you hell fucking else? asshole. Where the hell else would you rather be from? I love Iowa. Yeah. I mean, like, middle of nowhere, Montana. I love cool. living around here, boy. <laughs> so, anyways, the uh, people crack racist jokes in the, in the Marine Corps, at least the time that I was in. Not everyone is lucky enough to have been raised in a whiskey tango trailer park by a bow-legged female whose sole qualification for motherhood is a womb that happened to catch the sperm of a passing truck driver. At least my mom took me to NASCAR. But it was really, it was, you either had light green marines or dark green marines, right? And nobody gave a shit. Like, because we all had each other's backs. We were, we were making sure... Unless you were a turd, you weren't signaled out for the color of your skin. You were signaled out for your actions or the lack of action. It was a bit of a meritocracy. Yeah, yeah. That's what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. Where it's like, uh, no, I don't give a shit that you grew up in a garbage can in Tennessee, okay? What I give a shit about is do your fucking job so I don't get smoked in the back of the head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? yeah you know? that's... There you go. Fair enough, right? I mean... Right. Being a Marine isn't about words anyway. It's about your fucking actions. Fucking care if some latte-sipping bisexual college student reading about Justin Timberlake and Rolling Stones think I'm a psycho racist cracker? Fuck no. I'd give my life for any brother in here. I know any one of them would do the same for me. And I love this fucking cracker-ass inbred racist peckerwood fuck. I don't know why I do it, dog. But I do. Anyways, the Center for Military Readiness President Elaine Donnelly said that President Joe Biden's woke policies are to blame. Quote, The culture of the military has been eroded by several years of social engineering and woke policies, Donnelly said, adding that it's been accelerated by the current administration. So, yeah, when I was in, it was, they already started doing stuff like you couldn't discipline individuals in a certain way because it was too mean or whatever. Sure. And which some things I would understand, but the other things I'm just like, no, that, yeah, that happened to me and I deserved it because I was being a shithead. Right. Gotcha. So 
they said this long drought of recruiting that this mil- that the military is currently facing has not seen a similar issue since 1973. Right after Vietnam. Hmm. Imagine Weird. that. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, so right after... I wonder after, why. Right after Vietnam... Like, like 20 years It was a bullshit so. war. It was a bullshit war well, that was, was started by bullshit. a lie. I mean, it was fucking hell for a bunch of people for yeah. two decades. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, nobody wanted to join after that. And then now after having two bullshit wars for 20 years, nobody wants to join, especially I... with this wokeness bullshit, too. That's happening. The DEI... Diversity, equity, and inclusion. So, yeah. Equity meaning more than you bring to the table. Well, nobody should take any more than they bring to the table. Wow. Right? Yeah. Uh, How do you measure that, though? This article continues. Donnelly claims Biden prioritizing transgender, LGBTQ, and race are the driving forces turning young Americans away from wanting to serve. It sends a message that if your son or daughter joins the military, if they're not a, of a certain skin complexion or sex, they might be investigated for extremism, Donnelly said, adding they alienated their constituency. <laughs> and the U.S. Department of Defense reportedly spent $535,000 and nearly 6 million hours on new training that inform members about climate change, extremism, and diversity, equity, and inclusion. Well, that's not a lot of money. You know, just a little, little north of uh, half a mil there. Instead uh, they, of focusing, so if they spent the six, six million hours, cost a lot more than five hundred thousand dollars. Let's put it that way, right? There's no Dude. way that. Six million hours on new trainings that inform members about climate change, extremism, and diversity, equity, and, and inclusion. There's no way that cost at $535,000. So that was an extreme amount of money that that cost. Six million hours every. So that, that was how much they invested. It's a lot of wages, in. man. Yeah. So that, yeah, they're spending more than when you look at the burn rate on hours. Right? Oh, wait. Never mind. The military doesn't get paid by the hour. Well, yeah, but, but I mean, still, you have them. You have people there. The number one thing should be to add value, right? Yeah. To them, at least. Uh, yes, because you have a better, when you add value to your troops, you have a better fighting force. You add value to the entire <laughs> machine, right. yeah. war machine as a whole. That's right. So they did six million hours on diversity, equity, inclusion. Yeah, as opposed climate to climate change as well, because <clears throat> we got to combat climate change by this. Well, we got to reduce a, our emissions. As opposed to running drills on not allowing any boats to come up the Mississippi River Delta. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, brrr, don't worry. I'm sure the Coast Guard has the Coast Guard would definitely take care of that. Well, uh, yeah, but we're talking about readiness no what about yeah readiness to 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 be able to defend our borders right yeah i mean that's a big deal and we don't actually see that happening it's not so right 
Well, let's continue. Okay. Let us continue. Okay. So in 2022, right after the coat hanger abortion that was the Biden administration's pullout operation in Afghanistan, people started <laughs> to savage. notice. That is savage, bro. <laughs> people started to notice the changes coming down in the military. An opinion piece written in July 29th, 2022 by a retired Navy intelligence officer with 23 years of active duty service, Frank Wuko, put the Biden admin on blast. Now, he's an intelligence officer and a lifer, so, I mean, take it for what it is. Take it for... But... The the TP stamp of... Take, take it, it for, for what, what it is. is. Yeah. The tool being used to demolish the U.S. military is society's most venomous and expletive force, wokeism. How did this happen? Over the course of decades, Pentagon luminaries convinced themselves that non-military education forges better practitioners of the arts and science of warfare. So in terms of instruction, military officers are on par with their civil servant and academic counterparts. This ruinous and disorienting requirement has left our military leaders as far afield from their warfighting forebears of the previous centuries as one could possibly imagine. So he's basically talking about these Fuck. Ivy League college kids. There's no difference between them or the West Pointers apparently the, now. The sort of officer corps. Yeah. The the Annapolis crowd, kids that went to the Naval Academy. And he elaborates. He says, our officers are politically and socially indoctrinated right alongside the population that passes through our colleges and universities. We send our officers to Ivy League schools and other elite institutions of, quote, higher learning, unquote, to supposedly round out their educations. They complete undergraduate and graduate degrees in the humanities, most of which have little, if any, yeah, well, connection to warfare or even reality. While I would hope to make the exception with STEM-related programs, they too have succumbed to the pull of woke indoctrination. That's There are five federal academies, right? If I remember correctly. Air Force Academy, Naval Academy, West Point. Isn't there the others a Coast Guard? Is it like the Merchant Marine Academy or something like that? Maybe it's four. But... Uh, yeah, so this is, and they were mostly geared towards STEM subjects at their founding, right? Like war, like here's how you're gonna uh, levy a river for for fucking war purposes. How you're going to uh, assault a uh, entrenched machine gun L, L position yeah or i mean just like position what I, I meant is like you you might have to divert a river if a force is big enough or yeah you know you, it, yeah so you there's to, the united states air force academy right one united states coast guard academy two united states merchant marine academy uh, so okay. you're right on that so, one so kind of got those united states military up. academy at west point and one, the united states naval academy in annapolis so yeah, so, so it's they, almost like there's there's the Mar Merchant Marine Academy. The Marines don't have their own academy because they would go to the naval. Right. 
the Naval Academy because they're part of the Navy. So there are five. A we're a department, a department of the Navy. That's it. The men's. There's department. no department of the Marine Corps, right? The men's department. <laughs> so, hey, and a female naval captain of a ship told me that joke. So, all right. To continue, uh, what Frank Wuko said: Our nation's official war colleges offer little solace. They seem suicidally determined to outprogress their rabidly progressive civilian counterparts. Whatever the case, without advanced degrees from these institutions, officers can turn in their resignation letters at the 10-year mark. Their careers will go no further. So it's not just that these, these institutions are pumping out. If you want to be a career officer, you have to attend one. You have to get a degree from one of these institutions, one of these academics, academies. That is wild. Otherwise... Yeah, 10 years and then goodbye. That is absolutely wild. So They're only making careers out of people that go to the institutions? Yes. So it's not even the Merchant Marine Academy. It's just the Naval Academy, West Point, Air Force, and Coast Guard. Probably not even Coast Guard, really. No, yeah, I bet. The Coast Guard's a big entity, dude. Well, I know they are. I just mean like as far as i'm not gonna launching knock on, war i ain't gonna knock on the coast guard man i didn't mean to do that at all i just meant like launching war on fucking china no yeah, yeah but they all but they may not know how to launch war but you know what they are good experts at defense yeah counter offenses oh, yeah. oh yeah right yeah, absolutely because they are the first line of defense for our country in a naval attack yeah yeah they really are yeah right so if the naval or if the coast guard's smart right now they're which i'm sure they've been doing for a while preparing training for do they have any ammo i would <laughs> or hope has so. it all been going to ukraine oh maybe they have to borrow some from the irs who knows oh I mean, <laughs> remember when obama stockpiled that shit? probably can't get it yeah anyways so wuko goes on to he continues uh, many find it difficult to shake the woke indoctrination of their campus experiences back on duty in arlington officers are wholly dependent upon the approval of their civilian bosses uniformed quote leaders in the five-sided building may be physically brave but too many are moral cowards the five-sided building yeah that got hit in 2000 one <laughs> wokeness is a sickness it's prevalent it's the rule and it's destroying our military well i mean i I'd have so to kind of agree with him there's been some whistleblower types he would we'll know more than me he's been in that have mentioned this in the the uh corporate world as well and we've talked certainly talked about esg yeah. and how it's it's causing problems well, that, for that's, even BlackRock now. So that's interesting. And the big boys, right? You know, he says in Arlington, I'm sure it's the same in Quantico, other places where they have civilian bosses that are bowing down to ESG and DEI, then yeah, they have to play the game in order to stay. And it's actually, it's it's really important that you say that and that this isn't what this episode is about, but the link here is that not only can BlackRock maintain this privileged status of 
dominating ESG and, and sending all this ESG bullshit down to companies that it owns huge parts of or its friends do. But they can also work with the Fed like nobody else can as well. Yeah. So, yeah. They, that, so they that can aspect. influence yeah, government too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. But, you know, as we mentioned earlier, recruiting numbers across the military have been dangerously low. So some super genius in the Navy thought that by catering to the less than 1% of the population in the U.S., which is the LGBTQ community, mm -hmm. the Navy was somehow going to rack in a bunch of recruits by platforming a drag queen influencer. That's what's going to sell young men. Yeah, that to attract the youth to the military amid their hiring crisis. This so is not a your average everyday young man in, um, let's just say, Texas or Montana Ohio. or Ohio or even even New York or California, honestly. Yeah. Just your average everyday young man wants to see a drag show. Right. And Especially. particularly from an institution like the United States Navy. Right. Where, you know, we heard about our grandfathers that sailed with it and shit uh, fighting against Japanese. Yeah. They had to worry about getting fucking kamikaze. Hmm. Uh, not what kind of not kind of what what kind of heels they're gonna wear at their <laughs> fucking drag show in the, the mess hall tonight. The turnaround on that is it's eighty years. It's just eighty years. Once again, yeah, this shit has not not gone too long ago. This, what? What? You know? It's crazy. It is crazy. People were still alive to witness the insanity happening now. Mm -hmm. But yeah, to to go on, this is a Fox News article. The U.S. Navy has revealed that it approached a drag queen influencer to help persuade new recruits, new recruits to join the military. Recruits. Recruits. Yaman, second class Joshua Kelly, who goes by the stage name of Harpy Daniels. Hopefully it's not Herpy Daniels there, Yaman. Mm -hmm. Announced back in November 2022 that he was... The Navy's, quote, digital ambassador. Kelly has over 1.3 million likes on TikTok. So it's apparently some sort of subset to list them as the ambassador to the Navy. Well, huh. yeah, while Kelly's Instagram bio shows that the performer's opinions, quote, are not endorsed by DOD or DON, so Department of Defense, Department of Navy, digital, unquote. Digital ambassador. The drag queen claims to have danced in drag for service officers on a number of different occasions, sharing one video from 2018. Well, that sounds lovely. Mm -hmm. The Navy's attempt to increase interest among young people comes amid a historic recruitment crisis. A survey from the Ronald Reagan Institute found that only 13% of 18 to 29-year-olds are, quote, highly willing, unquote, to join the military. 25% are, quote, somewhat willing, unquote, and 26% are, quote, not willing at all. I guess the other, what would that be? 25, yeah, 51, 64, 34. Large amount. What's the other 34%? They probably can't join. Smoking weed. No, probably just due to medical reasons, like defects born you know what i mean 
mental issues, whatever. Obesity. Who knows? Anyways, the Digital Ambassador Initiative that Kelly participated in uh, was a pilot program that ran from October 2022 to March 2023 and was, quote, designed to explore the digital environment to reach a wide range of potential candidates, unquote, a Navy spokesperson told Fox News Digital. Well, it's not actually a wide range of potential candidates, right, if you're actually only trying to reach 1% or so of the population. Yeah, by wide range, they mean just a small an observation. percentage of population. Just an ob- yeah. I, uh, so they actually meant something completely different than what they said? <laughs> yeah. All right. Once by I just, wide range, maybe one percent. Okay. I just need one of those reality checks from you every once in a while. Thank mm. you. Yeah, no problem, dude. I'm here to for make you. sure I'm not understanding this. I'm here ba- for you, Theo. Bass backwards. Okay. So the spokesperson. It sounds asinine, right? It is asinine because you. it is. Okay. Yeah, walks like a dog, talks like a dog. <laughs> it's a fucking eagle. Well, there's an old, <laughs> there's an old tractor. We had to leave that sound in. That did sound. Did you hear that? Yeah. It's badass. Out here in the shack. That robot. You heard that here in Iowa, boy. Yeah, that wasn't a big old girl. That was an old school one. Yeah. All right. So the uh, the Navy spokesperson continues, quote, the Navy did not compensate YN2 Kelly or any others for being Navy, Navy digital ambassadors. Mm. The pilot has concluded, and we are now evaluating the program and how it will exist in the future, unquote. I'm sure it did great. <laughs> what well, do you mean? <laughs> I'm just, I'm sure it was very fucking successful <laughs> yeah, pilot I, program. I'm sure that a bunch of young men that joined the Navy are really interested in drag shows. Um, Especially when you're on ship for fucking... Yeah. Nine months. Yeah. Uh, man. Yeah, man. This was hot. I'm gonna go back to my. Uh, I'm gonna go back to my rack and. That's kind of weird. Use my flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, the Navy's brilliant plan didn't really work. So that was ran yeah. from 2022 to March 2023. And it turns out they would maybe they would prefer women. Yeah. But th- but that's not professional. So you don't do that, right? Yeah, so... Because okay, you don't objectify women. No. Right. That doesn't happen in the military Just at all. men that think they're women. Okay, got it. Yeah, what he said. So, hey, if you're enjoying what you're hearing, please tune in next week for part two of this episode. There was so much, so much research that I put into this and all this stuff that we had to, we had to stretch it out to two shows. It's quite a bit. I really hope you guys are enjoying this, so please stay tuned for next week. We think you'll dig it. We do. In the meantime, like, share, follow, subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. At Iowa Talk Guys. On Twitter, follow us on Instagram. At Iowa Talk Guys underscore podcast. And always remember, don't eat the yellow cake. And don't eat the yellow snow. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. I, I will talk, talk guys, guys out. Hi. Good night, everybody.